Passion Translation says for John chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm going to read to verse 5. The same verses he's sitting there and putting pen to paper, inspired by God. It says, in the beginning, the living expression was already there. So it, it, it substitutes word for living expression. It says, was already there. The, and the living expression was with God and yet fully God. And I, I first, when I read this, I was like, I, I was trying to make sense of it. And I still fully haven't made sense of it. Um, and I don't think I ever will, but that's the beauty of it. But the living expression, like I said, the English Standard Version says word, but the passion says the living expression. And it added so much more context to what John is sitting there writing and what he's trying to express. And I wanted you to see the frame of mind that John would have been in, possibly, as he's writing this. As he's sitting there explaining himself, saying, I, 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 I want to start at the beginning, but not just Abraham, not just Noah, not just the garden. Even before then, I want, I want people to realize that he existed even before all of those events. He didn't have to be something that you could contextualize or something that you could touch or something that you could feel. And that really is the essence of what I want to bring to you tonight. I don't really have a lot to say because I really want this to be something that it, it, you reflect on. So let's continue, and it says in John chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through His creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from Him. In verse 4, A fountain of life was in Him, for His life is the light for all humanity. In the verse 5, and this light never fails to shine through, through darkness. Light that darkness could not overcome. And what I want to do is I want to read to you the little uh, note that the, the, the Bible app has uh, when it is explaining living expression. In terms of you can look at, is it reading the word or living expression? I want to give you what it says, why it says it uses living expression. It says, some have translated this rich term as word, though the Greek term logos means to be or may be rendered word, it would be wrong to think it indicates primarily a, a lexical unit in a sentence. Logos is more accurately understood. So it's saying, it, it's trying to say that it's much more than a word on a page. Um, it's saying it would be wrong to think that, that it's just that. Logos is more accurately understood as a form of self-revealing or a message. Jesus Christ is the eternal message, the creative word, and the living expression of God made visible. He is the divine self-expression of all that God is, contains, and reveals in incarnated flesh. And I love this part. This just made a lot more sense to me. Just as we express ourselves with ourselves with our words, God has perfectly expressed himself in Christ. 
Jesus is God's story. So I love that they use living expression because as it says, we express ourselves with our words. So this term word, what it means when it says in the beginning was the word, it means this is God expressing his living expression, which is Jesus. I want us tonight, my hope from this is I want us to familiarize ourselves with the living expression. Uh, many would reject this notion completely because they would suggest it points or it paints God uh, out to be some abstract concept or ideology. Um, and then they would go on to say that, no, 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 he's not just something that you can't make sense of. He's not just an expression. And they would begin to say and put it in explicit terms of why he is a human, why he is man, why the word became flesh. Um, but I would kind of push back against that. like. Yes, those things are true. And I think so often you and I are told that. I don't believe that's our problem. I think sometimes we view him so much as a person. And I'm talking about Jesus. We view him so much as a person that he loses his godlike qualities in our conscious minds. We only tend to connect with him in settings like this or maybe in our prayer time. And we miss a living, breathing expression that comes to us in all forms and at all times. And that, when I read this this week, was the conviction that I felt. In the beginning was the living expression. And when I see that, it hits me like a ton of bricks because I recognize he's much more than what I've made him out to be. He's much more than the way that I conceptualize Jesus on a daily basis. He loses qualities like transcendence and omniscience, meaning he's all-knowing. And his omnipresence means that he's all present, that he's everywhere at once and can be with everyone at all times and in all circumstances and in all situations. Or his omnipotence, which means that he is all powerful, that he actually has power over everything, even when we think it could be possible that he doesn't. Our minds disconnect and oftentimes uh, because we aren't seeing him in our circumstances. We aren't seeing him uh, as already knowing and, and being at the end of whatever the thing is that we can't see through at the moment. We aren't seeing his presence and his power over our situations. So he very much becomes a person. 
He very much becomes human form. He very much becomes just like you and I, who can't be everywhere all at once, who can't know everything, and who cannot be all-powerful over every circumstance. We shrink him down to our mirror image when in fact he is the living expression. And I believe that's what we need. You and I, we need that living expression that John speaks of, that has always existed. We need the one who was always plan A. Like how refreshing is that to know that God didn't make a mistake? That God wasn't giving us a trial run in the garden, but that the plan was always the living expression. In the beginning, the living expression. In the beginning, Jesus, the expression of all God is. And that his plan was always to restore and redeem and love. That, that he is the light of the world that the darkness cannot overcome and that all things were and are created through him. The living expression. It changes the way I see Jesus. It changes the way I live my life. It changes the way that I see my circumstances because now I can see all around me a living, breathing expression of who God is. And I'm going to get to that. I've got some further evidences for you. Romans chapter 1 and verse 19, it says this. I, I love this because if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, I don't, I don't really know if I can make contact with this living expression. I don't really know if I can get down with that wording. I don't really know if I can understand that. I want to give some context with these other verses that blew my mind that kind of show us that Jesus very clearly is an expression as much as he is a man and he trust me the Bible makes it very clear that he was and is a human and God all at once the word became flesh I'm not contradicting that at all but I'm trying to get us to see that he is all around us and at all moments and at all times and at all circumstances it says in reality the truth of God is known instinctively for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. I thought that verse was so unique. God is known instinctively and embedded into our hearts. Opposition, Romans 1.20 says, opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Because from the creation of the world, catch this, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible. Such as his eternal power and his transcendence. Things I was just talking about. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. These are some powerful, powerful scriptures. What 
a reminder, what an encouragement that his visible qualities make sense, help us make sense and understand the invisible. I love that scene where he's sitting there and they're talking about Jesus and then all of a sudden it thunders. And they're talking about how the, the earth was without void and without form. And they're talking about how God can, or Jesus can be, or he was in the beginning before all things, and he, he was without form, and he was there. And they're trying, he's trying to make that point that from the very beginning, Jesus existed. He's trying to go back before anybody would think that, hey, this is when Jesus came onto the scene. He was born of a virgin. That would be what most people would think, oh, this is the beginning of Jesus. He's trying to go back to even before. Jesus has always been. He's always been the plan. And in that moment, you have thunder. And yeah, it, it's, it's making an, uh, you know, a, uh, a remark towards the sons of thunder because in that moment, Big James has died. This is in the future. And John's sitting there writing this. And they were called, and the scripture tells us they were called uh, the sons of thunder. But I love that. Because in that moment, they're sitting there and he's trying to make that make sense in his mind that he was before all things. And we have this to make sense of it for us. But in that moment, he's trying to understand it in, in his mind. And it thunders. God's visible qualities help make sense of the invisible. His transcendence and His eternal power. Who do you think made the elements? Who do you think woke you up this morning? Who do you think gave, your, gave you a beating heart, gave you flowing blood, and gave you oxygen in your body? Who do you think it, the, the one is that makes it thunder, makes it lightning? Who do you think the one is that makes it rain? Have you ever been in a situation and you're talking about something and the strangest thing happens and we call them God moments and it just happens and you kind of giggle because you're like, what a coincidence. I'm here to tell you tonight there is no such thing as God moments or coincidences. He is the living expression. He is in everything at all times in every moment. They're all God moments. He's present. He's in your situation. He's in your workplace. He's in your relationship. Oh, how, what a joy that brings me that the, the visible qualities of God inform the invisible. Because guess what? You're living every day of your life with a whole lot of invisible, right? A whole lot of unknown. I really don't know how I'm going to get through this week at work. I really don't know how I'm going to be able to make things work with this person at my job. I really can't stand them. Whatever your invisible situation is, and you're really trying to figure out, what am I going to do? God, where are you? Why have you not fixed this situation? Why have you not made this load a little bit easier and lighter on me? Uh, God, where are you? But a reminder to you is look to the visible qualities of God to help you make sense of your invisible situation. Look to the visible qualities 
look to his faithfulness to wake you up that morning, to give you the brain activity to think through those thoughts about him. Look to what you can see. I, I love it. What the eye sees becomes revelation to the conscious. What your eye sees becomes revelation about who God is, how much you can trust Him, what He's done before, He'll do it again, and how much you can rely that He is faithful and true. He's the living expression, which is why we can have faith, which is why we can have hope, which is why we can trust Him. And when things really don't make sense, because a whole lot of this life, if we're honest, doesn't make sense, we can trust because we can attest to what we have witnessed, what we have experienced. And I love that. I, I think this is a reminder to you every time you're in a situation where you've got something, what I'm going to call uh, shaky circumstances. You got an illness in the family. You got something that just doesn't make sense at work. You got bills that are due and you don't, you're doing the math and the math don't add up. Go back to Romans 1.20 and read these words. When you're questioning why and how and how far, God, and, and when, <laughs> remember these words. He has made His wonderful attributes easily perceived. Oh, if we could capture that. He's actually already made His wonderful attributes easily perceived so that you can rely and trust because He's done it before. He's brought you through before. He'll do it again. He existed before time. He's went to the end. It's all played out before Him. You can rest easy that He is with you. And then the last two verses and I'm done. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. It says, But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son. The living expression. The, the words that God expressed is His Son, Jesus. I didn't want you to just take my word for it when I said He's the living expression. I want to break it down for you. I wanted to show you these other verses that confirm He's the living expression. God now speaks to us openly in the language of a Son, the appointed heir of everything. For through Him God created the panorama of all things and all time. All things and all time. Verse 3, the sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. The exact expression of God's true nature. The exact expression, the living expression 
of God's true nature, His mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of His spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took His seat on the highest throne at the right hand of the Majestic One. He is the exact expression and God is speaking to us openly in the language of a son. Now here's what I want you to take with you. Here's what I want you to realize. As you now have an open mind to this living expression, now you walking out of the doors and you're living every day, not necessarily looking for God in places that you would commonly find Him or that you would show up to find Him, but now you're seeing the living expression all around you in places you never expected. Because that's who He is and that's what He does. All things in all time. I think God's trying to open our minds and say, Hey, I'm here on a Friday night. I'm, I'm with you on your Monday morning. I'm all around you at all times, even when you never expect it or least anticipate it. And I want relationship with you. And hey, I am, listen to this, very important. This is the point tonight. I am speaking to you. Because many of us believe, I ain't really heard from God in a while. I don't even know if he's ever spoken to me. Trust me, the living expression is speaking directly to you. What do, what do we read in verse 19? In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside of every human heart. It's inside all of us. So those of us who accept that knowledge as truth, He's definitely speaking to us. Those who receive Jesus, he's definitely speaking to you. So he's speaking to you. God's speaking to you openly in the language of a son. Openly in the language of a son. Okay, Levi, he's speaking to me. But what is he saying? Because all the time I'm asking questions like, hey, what should I do with my coworker? Hey, what should I do about my boss? Hey, what should I do about my kids? Hey, what should I do about my family? And I don't hear a lot of answers all the time. And I'm always asking. So you're saying he's speaking and I don't really hear it. First of all, let's get this out of the way. If you heard an audible voice, it would probably scare you to death. So let's just keep it real. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying that it's going to come like that. But he is speaking to you. And what is he saying? And that's where I'll end. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. And it says... This gospel, this truth, what is Jesus referred to? He's not only referred to as the word, the living expression. He's also referred to as the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The gospel is the truth. This gospel, this truth unveils. I love this verse, and I just discovered it the other night when I was reading. This gospel unveils a continual continual. Who needs to hear that tonight? Oh, God's speaking to me continuously. Am I open to what he's saying? He is continually speaking to you. 
This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. Oh, what good news. To know that God's always speaking to me, but more importantly, He's not speaking to me necessarily about the stuff that I'm always asking Him about. He's actually speaking to me about what He believes is most important. And let me tell you, what's most important is the revelation of God's righteousness. God's righteousness. A perfect righteousness given to us. A gift to us when we believe. I believe 100% that the living expression the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us, the Word who was in the beginning, the living expression that was in the beginning and was with God and is God, I believe the thing He is constantly speaking to you about sounds like this. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. I believe that. And I believe that's actually the thing that we need to hear the most. His righteousness given to us when we believe. I think we have to make a conscious decision every day of our lives, every morning that we wake up, to believe in that righteousness that is given to us. Not on account of what we do, but on an account of everything He did for us. You're righteous. Hey, you're righteous. I know you got this going on, and I know you got this going on, and I know you're worried about this at your job, and I know you're worried about this with your career. I know you're worried about this with your family. Hey, just slow down for a second, because all those things lead back to the fact that you think you're not righteous. You realize that? Everything we worry about actually is like connecting dots back to the fact that we think we're not righteous, that we think we're not enough, that we think this is the end-all, be-all. I got to get it right here on earth because this is my one shot. You only live once and I've got to get it right. I can't constantly be in a fight with my coworker. I can't constantly have this going on in my family. This person can't get sick and die because this is our one shot. But guess what? Jesus is continually speaking these words over your heart and over your life. You are righteous. And that is enough. That is the answer to your problem. That is enough to let go of the here and now. That is enough to silence the voice in your head that's worrying about the here and the now. Because the you're righteous that is speaking over you tells you that this is not your only shot. That this is not your only chance. And that this is not your home. So church, that is what I want to plead to you tonight with. I want us to live every day waking up looking for the living expression constantly 
tuning in our ears first and foremost in our life. I'm not saying there's not things that we should deal with and take care of and that we shouldn't pray for things and we sometimes are obviously going to be worried about things and we're human. I get that. I'm saying, hey, first of all, make, your, make it essential in your life. Make the number one priority to tune in to the one who's saying you're righteous. And I promise you it will lift a burden off you, whatever it is you got going on every day in your life because you can walk away from whatever it is going I'm righteous and this will carry me through whatever I'm going through because it's taking me home it's taking us home let's pray church